With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. The first official, unofficial, officially unofficial Chargers depth chart of 2022 (laughs) out today. And there are some interesting things here to talk about. So Jamie and I decided to pop on right away and discuss this depth chart, which we've got here up on the screen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this short-notice podcast. Jamie, the, the depth chart is here. How ma- Big surprises, a little bit surprised. How are you feeling after, just as a whole, to start with? I think everything is more or less what you would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that jumped out is Jerry Tillery being listed as a starter, but he was a starter mm-hmm. last year, so yeah, I guess... Yep. You know, two weeks into camp, he hasn't really done quite enough to lose that that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I think everything is pretty much where you would expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we'll, yeah, we'll get into it. Oh, man. My boy Lane showing up. What's up, Lane? Gaming with the bros. Who was late? Me or Jamie? Uh, uh, me. We'll, we'll blame it on me this time. <laughs> but I say under five minutes isn't all that late for a, YouTube stream. So, uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, let's just break it down and go by position by position. So let's just start with the most important position. That's quarterback. 
not much surprise here. Justin Herbert won. Chase Daniel backup. The or, which is interesting, this or dash, which I haven't seen with for the Chargers yet. Or dash, Easton Stick, and Brandon Peters. So that's kind of the order you expect, but there's that or designation that they've added to this depth chart. Yeah, uh, I don't recall ever seeing that in the eight or nine seasons that we've been doing this, but I guess they feel like they haven't seen enough to make a decision on Daniel and Stick. Not to beat a dead horse, but I think we have. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think Daniel's going to wind up taking that spot, just the experience and the familiarity with the offense, um, that veteran presence. I think, I think he winds up taking that spot. But it is interesting seeing that. It seems like they feel like they haven't. They haven't made a decision. They haven't quite seen enough yet to di differentiate between Daniel and stick. Yeah, that um, the or is the most interesting part of this. But what isn't a surprise is after the comments from Staley just a day or two ago about how important of a role Chase Daniel and Easton stick will have on this offense. You you know, when we all thought it's a pretty easy one, two, three, if you want to count Peters as four uh, and there wasn't much competition there. Staley says there is, and that they're both going to have a role. So the or isn't that surprising, but still a new little twist on the depth chart we're seeing this year. And I mean, that's kind of the order we'll end up seeing. And I think a lot of these things are going to be determined before the season starts. So as we go through this list, I think things will start to kind of clear up as we head into week one with this list. I think a lot of this stuff will probably be cleared up in the preseason. Maybe well, soon at least I'm saying by game. the latest we'll yeah. see it before we won. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that or designation. I mean, you see where they've got, there's I think three or four or designations, three. Um, mm -hmm. They're all in positions where maybe they're trying to use that as kind of a motivational tool to yeah. stoke some additional competition between guys that are competing for those spots. Um, but other than that, it's just unusual, at least for the chargers to see that. Yeah. Real quick, what's up, Stony Baloney Boy? Appreciate you. And let's see. Arjun, is that how you pronounce your name? What's up, man? Love your stuff over on when you were with PFF. This is a this is a good dude to follow if you guys aren't following him. He's a good one. Um, all right. So let's go to fullback. And we got another or situation here. And uh surprising to me, well, there's two surprisings here for me, Jamie. One is they listed Xander Horvath as the starter here. And of course, there's the or, so the 1A, 1B, I guess, in the Chargers' mind, with Gabe Neighbors behind Horvath, which is surprising to me. I thought that would be flipped. And then a little bit surprising, Trey McKitty, the tight end listed here as the third string fullback here on the unofficial depth chart. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the one thing that really stood out to me was McKitty being listed as a fullback instead of a tight end. Um, He's still not, tight end. He's still there. Is he there? Oh, he's there yeah. as well. He's in both mm -hmm. spots. So he was cloned right. just like, um, <laughs> just like our boy, Kyle Van Noy. Um, uh -huh. The having Horvath ahead of neighbors, I guess that's a little surprising because neighbors is the veteran, but they've had Horvath working on special teams. He's been playing fullback. He played some tailback in practice today. So it seems like they're really pushing his versatility and neighbors doesn't really offer as much versatility, although they did have him playing some tight end today with so many of the tight ends being hurt. So, you know, I think, I think with the or designation that that position is pretty, pretty clearly a wash right now. You'd expect the recent draft pick to, to wind up winning that job. Mm -hmm. Neighbors was not on the field a whole lot last year. 
even as as a you know quote unquote core special teams player didn't seem like he played a whole lot so certainly that spot's open for grabs and you would expect the recent draft pick to get that with the way they're trying to kind of push that versatility in practice yeah and horvath a uh, big splash in the scrimmage game that we went to uh, had a big catch and ran somebody over at the end of it. So uh, showing up here for uh, in preseason and, or excuse me, in training camp. And it looks like he's kind of earned that rollover Gabe neighbors so far, which is kind of going to be a theme. I think we're going to talk about here is that no veterans get the spot handed to them. They've got to earn it. And even if they are a rookie or an undrafted free agent, it looks like if they've earned it, they will be listed as so. So uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that as we go along. But let's move on to running back. And it's Austin Eckler, number one. Uh, Joshua Kelly, who's been flashing throughout training camp. Larry Roundtree, there, third. And then it's Isaiah Spiller. And then the undrafted free agents after him, Kevin Marks ahead of Letty Brown. Yeah, I... I don't think this is by any means the way this is going to shake out. You know, we talked yesterday mm -hmm. on the pod about um, Kelly and Spiller being neck and neck for that RB2 role and maybe even splitting the RB2 role uh, early in the preseason and early into the season. Uh, so having the rookie as a number four running back, not all that surprising to me. He's only had two weeks of camp. Uh, Kelly and Roundtree both have a full year in the system um, as an advantage over, over Spiller. Again, this stuff is going to work itself out, but having Marks and Brown as five and six, not surprising at all. Um, I'd be surprised if either one of those guys even makes the practice squad at this point. They just haven't been doing a whole lot. But I think at the end of the day, Spiller's willingness to block and his ability to block and his chops as a wide receiver are going to wind up winning him that RB2 role. I just think they kind of, going into the first preseason game, they kind of favored a couple of those veterans in that role who've been around a little bit longer maybe trying to push Spiller by making it look like he's working his way up the depth chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Joshua Kelly, not too big of a surprise here. I thought I I just, obviously they're giving the uh, veterans here a little bit of a leeway here, but maybe a little motivational for Spiller, but Joshua Kelly's been impressive so far in training camp. And um, just at the back end, man, I thought, Letty Brown had a lot more than Kevin Marks on the college tape. Uh, Jamie had mentioned in the UDFA podcast when we mentioned Marks about him just wearing down in college. I just thought there's a lot of juice left in Brown. And to see Marks ahead of Brown is a little, you know, at the back end of this, obviously, uh, depth chart was a little surprising to me. Not a big surprise, but um, yeah, I, I thought Letty Brown would be ahead of Marks. But it uh, looks like, you know, the starter is in place. Joshua Kelly obviously earning that RB2 right now. And then the rookie just kind of starting to move up that depth chart as uh preseason is upon us and hopefully going into week one. Yeah. This is one of those position groups where I think it'll end up working itself out round tree. Uh, not all that impressive throughout training camp from what I've seen. So I just think that'll end up working itself out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, round tree didn't look particularly good at the scrimmage on Sunday. Mm -mm. Really haven't heard anything about him looking good as a receiver, as a runner or as a blocker so far. Um, all I've really heard anybody say about him is that he's just a big physical guy who runs hard, um, but didn't look particularly good last year. Hasn't done much in camp at this point. So you got to figure Spiller will be leapfrogging him pretty soon. And like we said, Spiller and, and Kelly splitting that RB two role early on until somebody really grabs a hold of it. Uh, but giving Kelly a chance to earn those snaps early in camp and forcing Spiller to earn them as well. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, uh, Arjun, if I'm, if I'm 
mispronouncing your name, I am sorry, but uh, he is right. He fumbled on that. He was the one who fumbled on day one of training camp. Uh, saw that too. So not uh, <laughs> not a good start for Roundtree, but listed as RB3 here. So wide receiver, and uh, forgive me if I go out of order here. I'm just trying to bounce my eyes back and forth here. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter, Maurice French, on to Jason Moore, to Michael Bandy, Trevon Bradford, and Joe Reed. Did I get everybody? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think you yeah. did. Yeah. So Joshua Palmer, wide receiver three behind Keenan Allen. Looks like Jalen Guyton, wide receiver four with DeAndre Carter right behind him. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the way things are necessarily playing out in camp, but maybe giving the veterans a little bit of a nod there or the guys who have been in the system a little bit longer at least. Um, Palmer's been borderline electric uh, yeah. in camp so far from what I saw in at at the scrimmage on Sunday, from what Garrett's told me about the way he's looked so far and everything I've read. Palmer has been hands down the best wide receiver, not named Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in camp so far, yeah. making plays all over the place. Um, he's been fantastic. Carter, we, we try to about tell you, remember, we try to tell you before training camp started, Joshua Palmer was wide receiver three with a big gap to Jalen Guyton, even before they yep. got into camp. He and was that's, that's playing out too. It's mm -hmm. playing out that way for sure. He's yeah, yeah. heads and shoulders <laughs> of everybody else. Yep. And then you've got a competition for wide receiver four. Um, it looks like Guyton's listed in that spot right now, but really I think um, DeAndre Carter has been out, outperforming him, especially over the last week or so. Yep. Uh, and he's got that extra twitch, the extra juice for, for yak uh, and the special teams ability, uh, uh, ability, excuse me, which should help push him up the depth chart a little bit. So some heated competitions for wide receiver four, uh, wide receiver five. And I guess we'll wait and see if they wind up carrying six. Um, but you know, kind of interesting seeing Bandy listed ahead of French and Bradford and not really seeing Joe Reed get many reps um, on Sunday, not getting the the kick return opportunities, getting mixed in a little bit um, as a gunner on occasion, but not a whole lot. And Jason Moore was hurt when we were there on Sunday, so didn't yeah. get to see much from him either. So mm -hmm. both those guys seem like they're kind of on the outside looking in, looking in at this point. Yeah, I... Man, just looking at this wide receiver list, uh, carrying six wide receivers, I just, I mean, I don't see where you go from here. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter. You might be able to lock in, though. I think Jalen Guyton, if one of these other guys can uh, jump him here, could have a chance to be on the bubble pretty soon. But with French and Jason Moore and Bandy, I mean, Bandy might be a guy that can, kind of slip in there i've liked what we've seen from camp from him uh working as a a punt returner too with um with deandre carter and then also the corner um uh it's slipping my mind here jamie it's uh dean leonard bryce can bryce callahan oh, bryce callahan yep. bryce callahan so those three have been uh returning kicks excuse me about that um and yeah, so maybe a guy that can earn his spot on special teams, French, another special teams guy. But um, yeah, Joshua Palmer has locked down that wide receiver three with Jalen Guyton. And I think uh, in a couple weeks here, DeAndre Carter is going to jump Jalen Guyton on that depth chart very soon. If he hasn't already. I yeah. Mean, he's not showing up that way on the depth chart right now. But yeah, just based on reps with the first and second team and targets that they received on Sunday it seemed like there was a concerted effort to get Carter in, involved in the offense with both the 
first and second teams. And Guyton really wasn't a factor at all on Sunday. Um, mm. He was open a few mm. times, but didn't really. Nobody was really looking his way. So interesting to see how that plays out. You know, you mentioned Bandy. I think Bradford's another guy. I mentioned him when we did the UDFAs. He's a guy who does offer special teams value, return punts, return kicks, played gunner in college. So there is some flexibility and some versatility there uh, at the bottom of the depth chart. Uh, and he made a big play on Sunday as well. Yep. So Bandy and Bradford are two guys that I would look out for as a potential wide receiver five or a wide receiver six if they wind up going that route. But right now it seems like five is probably the number, like you said, just based on the guys who are on the depth chart. Um, it seems like five is likely, and maybe they carry a couple guys on, on the practice squad, maybe two or three guys. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to a couple of these questions here. And people want Roquan, Jamie. And I think that's a pretty easy trait to make there, Brian. I don't, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Bears aren't doing that, but yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, totally. DeAndre <laughs> Carter, while we're talking about wide receivers, over under four and a half touchdowns. Um, I think just because of the receiving weapons they have and how involved Eckler is in the red zone, I would say probably under. Mm -hmm. I'd say you're probably looking at if he winds up winning wide receiver four and they, they use him as more than just a gadget receiver. Um, you know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 yards and three to four touchdowns just as a, a change of pace in the offense. Yeah. I'm taking the under, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Cause even, even if he does overtake wide receiver four, you still got Eckler and you still got Gerald Everett, Parham McKitty trying to get him involved. So there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I just don't think he's going to be that, you know, red zone. He definitely won't be the red zone weapon, but uh, I think with his returnability, I think we're going under probably four touchdowns is probably where I think he, I think that's maxes the ceiling. Out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick. What's up to the odd squad. And then Matthew Montgomery, before we get to corner slash safety, which we'll talk about, is it Dean Leonard or is it Dion Leonard? Because the draft announcer says Dion. That's absolutely right. That's, and I've heard college announcers say Dion, but Brandon Staley said Dean. So we'll just go with the coach here. Right, Jamie? Before we get there, Dean Leonard. Yep. Okay. All right. Until we're so, corrected, we'll go with Dean Leonard. Yep. So there you go, Matthew. It's been decided. It's Dean Leonard. All right. So wide receivers, running backs, fullbacks. Let's go to tight end. It's Gerald Everett, one, Donald Parham, two, Trey McKitty, Hunter Camp Moyer, Eric Cromenhoek, Sage Surratt, and Stone Smart, who's been injured. He's still on a cane, by the way, even on Sunday, leg wrapped and walking with a cane. So, uh, no real surprises for me here, Jamie. I mean, uh, Gerald Everett uh, been the tight end one. Parham McKitty have been banged up the last couple practices. Kent Moyer stepped up as the tight end two with McKitty and Parham out. Croman Hoke, kind of just a guy that's been around. Sage Surratt had a couple touchdowns, or excuse me, a couple of catches on Sunday. And then, of course, Smart not being involved at all yet in camp. Yeah, there's really no surprises here. I no. think. Um, I would say it's probably a really safe bet that they carry four tight ends. Uh, we went into this hoping for three, mm -hmm. uh, but with Parham and McKitty banged up, um, I think Camp Moyer is probably going to find his way onto the roster at least early in the season. They've been working him with the first team special teams units yep. um, pretty consistently for at least the last week. Uh, he got some run with the ones and the twos on Sunday. Didn't do much, had a couple short catches. I think mm -hmm. he had one 
catch and run for a first down, but otherwise mostly just, you know, uh, safety net dump off type mm -hmm. passes, uh, when nobody was open downfield, but between his relationship with Herbert and the fact that he's been around for a couple of years now, and they seem committed to having him find a spot on the special teams. It seems like it would make sense to carry a fourth tight end, not knowing what you're going to get from McKitty and Parham in, in terms of health or pr productivity. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I agree that it's hard to keep four tight ends here in this group, but I think with just the injury history of Parham, obviously, and then just the lack of depth right now, Kent Moore could sneak in as your tight end four here. But other than that, there isn't really a lot of guys kind of overtaking him. And let's see, Arjun asks, is Horvath too small to be in the Steven Anderson role so we can carry three tight ends, one fullback instead of four tight ends, one fullback? I think Horvath's like 6'2", 230. Mm -hmm. So he's a little on the small side to play tight end. Yeah. Um, but they, like I said, they worked him in as a tailback today. They seem to like his versatility. So, you know, maybe more of an H back, uh, fullback, occasional short yardage back kind of mm -hmm. a thing. And maybe they carry four running backs with him as the fullback and the running back. Um, as opposed to carrying four tailbacks like they did last year. But I, I doubt they carry him as a tight end. Yeah. I think, I think the three tight end, one fullback uh, has some legs and kind of what we were talking about when he was coming out of college, just uh, a nice little fullback H back and kind of doing the dirty work on special teams type of player they got at the end of the draft. So definitely possible that they only carry the three tight ends, but with the injuries might be, safe at this moment to think that Kent Moy might sneak in there. So let's go on to offensive line. We'll just, we'll go position by position. So let's start with tackle Rashawn Slater, the starter left tackle. Of course, uh, we've got storm Norton and the dash or dash here for Trey Pipkins. Uh, and then Foster Sorrell, Zach Bailey listed as a, the third left tackle and right tackle there who cloned himself much like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I don't think that's the guy we want to be cloning, is it? No, 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 it's not. I Maybe would like clone Joey clone Bosa, Bosa like or times. JC Jackson or something <laughs> yes. like that. Maybe Eckler a couple times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rashawn Slater five times for the offensive line. Why not? For death. At least twice. Yeah. Totally. So no surprise here for me with Storm Norton at the right tackle. I mean, he was a starter all last year. And then you've got that kind of or designation now. So you got that 1A, 1B. Trey Pipkins kind of seems like he might be on the way to winning that job just from what I've seen so far. And then after that, you're, I mean, you're, it's a good bet that all three of those are going to make the team between Slater, Norton, and Pipkins as the loser of that right tackle spot will just be that kind of swing tackle. And then Foster Sorrell, Zach Bailey, uh, not really showing up for me in camp. But uh, obviously, the big, the, all the eyes are on Storm Norton versus Trey Pipkins here at right tackle. Yeah, you know, like we talked about yesterday, both those guys have been taking turns uh, playing with the ones and the twos. Um, Pipkins will start with the ones one day, and Norton will start with the two, the ones the next day. And from all accounts, neither one of them has really grabbed a hold of that role yet. There's been a lot of competition, uh, but nobody's really dug their feet in and, and stake their claim to that role. So seeing an or designation there, even though it's unusual to see it for the chargers, not that surprising. Cause I don't think the chargers really know who they want in that role just yet. Cause nobody's, nobody's defined themselves. Um, 
But you know Slater's going to make the roster. You know Norton and Pipkins are going to make the roster. I think the interesting thing that happened today uh, that had not happened in camp to this point is Jamari Salyer got some snaps at right tackle today. Yes. So that's encouraging because they're at least looking to find some additional depth at right tackle Love it. and really testing that versatility that they seem to like about him. Um, and I, I think he got some work with the one, the ones today, certainly with the twos. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. That's the first time that's happened. So having him at right tackle is encouraging because they're at least exploring options. And, um, you figure they're going to carry four tackles for sure. I doubt they're going to carry Foster Sorrell. I doubt they're going to carry Zach Bailey. So you got to figure Salyer factors in as that fourth tackle, unless they find somebody on the waiver wire after cuts. Mm -hmm. So Jamie, before we move on, do you think that Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins look improved from last season? Uh, full disclosure, I've only been to one practice. Yeah. So I haven't seen a huge body of work from either one of them. Um, I thought both had some positive moments on Sunday and both had some, you know, typical storm Norton and Trey Pickens moments <laughs> on Sunday. Um, I can think of a, at least one sack that came from the right side. A uh, couple of tackles for loss on running plays came from the right side. So, um, I think there, I think there is some improvement. Um, but there's also still some inconsistency from those guys. So mm -hmm. it's hard to get overly excited about either one of them, but it does sound like the team is a little bit more excited about P Pipkins than they are about Norton at this point. Yeah. Which I am too. I think Trey Pipkins seems like he's at least improved a little bit and kind of shown what he showed in spurts last year when we got that small sample size from him at tackle. I thought, you know, through the day from the practices that I've seen that he looks a little bit better going against Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack is obviously a tall task, but I think for the most part, he's done pretty good. And I think Storm Norton is just uh, still a little bit of Storm Norton. I know the coaches have talked about his improvement, but I uh, think it's very up and down like we've seen throughout his career so far. So um, I would say, yeah, I think there is some improvement. I think definitely uh, more from Trey than from Storm, in my opinion. So guards now, Matt Filer still at left guard. Zion Johnson, the rookie getting the nod here at right guard. Uh, Jamar, Jamari Sawyer, like Jamie mentioned here, as the backup left guard. You've got Brendan Hymas as backup right guard on this list. The newly acquired Cameron Hunt there as the third left guard. And then you've got Ryan Hunter, uh, a man who's been in Chargers camp before, as the third right guard. Uh, any surprises for you here, Jamie? No, not really at all. I mean, the only real surprise was seeing that they signed Cameron Hunt yesterday i think that mm -hmm. even though somebody got hurt um it was a little surprising to see them add a add a guard but in terms of how these guys are lining up in the depth chart no surprise at all they they told us basically when they drafted zion johnson that he was going to be the right guard so no surprise there everything else makes sense with the starters and then you've got salier and hymas and even clap who can play some guard so it, it's about what i would have expected yeah yeah, so Andrew Trainer went down, and so they signed another offensive lineman in Cameron Hunt. Uh, yeah, I mean they they said it would, this was Zion's job here at right guard, um, so not super surprising. And Zion's been absolutely electric. I've loved everything he's done in camp that I've seen. So I he's earned that spot at right guard. I think if this was a different coaching staff, I would say. 10 times out of 10, either Will Clapp or Brendan Hymas would be listed on this first step chart at right guard. If you're Mike McCoy or Anthony Lynn, 
regime, which thank God we're not, um, they would have put the veterans ahead of the rookie and said, you know, said something about he's going to have to earn it or he's going to be more consistent or something that seems like they want to kind of fuel them a little bit more, but Zion's earned it. So I'm just, uh, it's so refreshing that there's not a coaching staff that's here to kind of put all this like masking and mirroring here during these depth charts and just kind of laying it all out there with uh, this regime and Staley. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And I'm glad Zion's the uh, starting right guard here on that first step chart. Yeah. I kind of wonder if we might see some of Hymas at, at tackle as well um, during the preseason, just to see if he can handle it. I know they primarily see him as a guard, but mm-hmm. if he and Salier can both handle tackle um, at least as a ba- as backups, that would really help with the depth. Yeah. Oh yeah. So all right, let's just move on. Last here of this offense, it's Corey Lindsley, of course, Will Clapp and Isaac Weaver, and I got no notes. I mean, the veteran is number two, Will Clapp, who has gotten beaten a few times. Uh, not a great camp from him, just kind of up and down, but your depth guard, Lindsley, obviously the starter, no doubt about that. And then Isaac Weaver just kind of behind everybody else. I got no notes. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> what you would expect. Yep, yep, exactly how it would go. All right, defense. The edge, uh, yeah, let's start with edge. Uh, Joy Bosa, Khalil Mack, no doubt. Starters. Kyle Vanoy listed twice here, here as a depth edge player behind Joey Bosa. Then you got Chris Rumpf, uh, Meke Egbule, and Jamal Davis, and then Ty Shelby there behind Egbule at the end there. Yeah, I mean, this group is more or less what I would have expected. Um mm-hmm. Actually, it's pretty much exactly what I would have, would have expected. <laughs> yeah. uh, a little surprising to see Kyle Van Noy listed as the starting middle linebacker and the backup edge, uh-huh. but we know he has the versatility and we knew they were working on kind of a hybrid role for him anyway. So not a huge surprise. Um, I, I kind of wonder what's going on with the Mecca Uh He didn't really do much at the scrimmage on Sunday. Haven't heard really anything about him, even though he's been mm-hmm. working um, with the ones and the twos and the in twos, Tampa yeah. times mm-hmm. been very, very quiet while guys like Chris Rumpf and Jamal Davis have been making plays and look really good coming off the edge. So uh, Egbule seems like his time on the roster might be coming, kind of nearing an end there. Uh, and not, I know some people have liked what they've seen from Ty Shelby, but it seems like he's certainly behind the eight ball when it comes to bringing up the rear behind Chris Rumpf and, um, and Jamal Davis as the yeah. backup edge players. I think, Davis is a guy I would keep an eye out for. We talked about him when we covered the UDFAs. He looked really, really good on Sunday. Very explosive, making plays, chasing guys down from behind, getting to the quarterback. Uh, And I keep reading about him making plays in camp. That's a guy who, even as a UDFA, he might have a chance to to sneak onto this roster and be the fourth edge, depending on how they ultimately decide to list Kyle Van Noy on the final depth chart. Yeah, because Kyle Vanoy can't play two positions at the same time. Um, really? So you're going to have to have another body there. <laughs> so you know Mac and Bosa are locked in if we're counting Vanoy in the linebacker group since he's a starter. Um, Chris Rumpf has impressed at times and obviously put on some weight and muscle this offseason, which is great. And Jamal Davis, like Jamie mentioned, has really, really flashed in camp so far. With Egbule, while he's getting the first and second team snaps, hasn't really made as many splash plays as we've seen from Jamal Davis, who just looks like a real thumper and has got some juice off the edge. So I I would definitely say that Egbule and Davis are really fighting it out for that fourth edge spot. 
if we're not counting Van Noy again. Um, but man, uh, a guy that's really shown up in camp and, you know, even though he's kind of listed here behind Egbule, I think uh, Jamal Davis is going to be climbing that depth chart very soon and uh, a guy to look out for when we get down to 53s here. I can't wait to watch him in the preseason take the I snaps. I think that's going to be fun. I know, I know. It was it, just seeing a glimpse of it in the uh, scrimmage was a joy. So to see him uh, go against some other competition is going to be great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So then defensive line here on the interior, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and then Jerry Tillery. Uh, behind them is Morgan Fox, Morgan Fox, excuse me, Christian Covington, Tito. Agbonia, Abonia, however you pronounce that. We're going to call him Tito. Joe Gaziano, Brendan Fajoko, Andrew Brown, and then Forrest Merrill at the back end. I think having Jerry Tillery here, while disappointing to most, he was the starter. Um, uh, they're going to give him every opportunity to try to win that job, but this will work itself out. Morgan Fox will be that quote-unquote starter there. And how often are we going to see Jerry Tillery in base? Uh, never. Uh, at least not very often. And then uh, behind that, Christian Covington, the veteran, getting the nod. Uh, Tito's a guy who's been mixed in with the ones now. He's really impressed in training camp, and that means he's listed above guys like Joe Gaziano and Brendan Fajoko, which is a little bit surprising. Fajoko really making a lot of noise in camp, but kind of listed behind quite a few bodies here. Uh, looks like he's going to have to earn that spot. And then Andrew Brown and Morris, uh, Forrest Merrill just kind of in the back there uh, being fairly quiet throughout camp so far. Yeah, I, and there was a comment earlier today from Ronaldo Hill talking about the competition at the defensive line position this year. And he specifically mentioned Tillery, Fox, and Covington, Covington battling yeah. it out for a roster spot. So mm -hmm. that kind of tells you what's going on in camp in terms of where guys are. I don't think this depth chart necessarily reflects where certain guys are. Um, like for example, I think Morgan Fox is going to make the team. I think they signed him for a reason and they oh, certainly yeah. signed him to push Jerry Tillery as that pass rush interior pass rush specialist. Um, and Fehoko makes at least a play a day in camp. Seems like he's had a tackle for a loss or a sack or a tip pass pretty much every day. And they've been practicing for what, 16 days now. Mm -hmm. So He's been stepping up, and the fact that he wasn't mentioned in that group kind of tells me that he's on a little better footing than some of those guys, and he's more mm -hmm. likely to make the team based on what he's doing. Um, Gazayano is a guy that I've been looking out for the whole time. I just I love the energy that he brings, uh, and he just works so hard. He's one of those lunch pail guys that coaches just mm -hmm. fall in love with. Really, same thing with Fehoko. 
So seeing those guys towards the back of the roster was a little bit surprising, um, but I think Fejoko is going to make it, and I think Gaziano might have a shot, depending on if they wind up keeping five or six defensive tackles. Gaziano might might get in there too because he's more versatile than some of the other guys because he has that um, that lunch pail mentality and he brings so much energy. I just, he just seems like the guy the coaches are going to gravitate towards, and he's another guy who's been making plays, tipping passes. Mm-hmm. Yep, had a pick six had a pick six getting tackles for loss things like that so it seems like he's got a shot to make it merrill pretty much where i would have expected mm-hmm. andrew brown haven't heard too much about him um and Ogbania being where he is um as number two right behind joseph day kind of surprising me a little bit as a rookie but based on what i think was it staley or hill yep. said staley. Uh, la- yesterday just yesterday mm-hmm. talking about how he's a guy that they're trying to get in with the ones more and get him more starter reps because they're so happy with how quickly he's picking things up and mm-hmm. how quickly he's advancing. Um, maybe having him up, that is just a reflection of just how high they are on him at this point. And they feel like he's earned that, which is encouraging from a fifth or sixth round pick. Absolutely. Yeah. So a little, little surprising seeing Gaziano Fajoko back there, but uh, yeah, I think it ends up working out and they're going to have a real serious, decision to make with Jerry Tillery. If a lot of these guys like Gaziano and Fajoko and Covington Fox start making a lot more noise, we we're going to see him and whether or not he's going to be on the chopping block or not when they make those cuts. So then on a linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, again, starting linebacker, Drew Tranquil. Then you got Troy reader, Nick Neiman, Amen Ogbog and Miga, which we're going to call bong, uh, Cole <laughs> Christensen, Tyreek Maddox, Williams, Damon Lloyd, and then, where he should be. Kenneth Lloyd at the back at the end of that he, linebacker. Kenneth chart. Murray. Kenneth Murray. What Kenneth I, Lloyd. Gosh, dang it. Killed How are you going to do joke. Damon Lloyd like that? Uh, I And I and I botched my own joke about <laughs> having Kenneth Murray at the bottom of the linebacker chart. Dang it. Yeah, so Kenneth Murray, obviously, in parentheses there because he's hurt. Yeah, I think there are some at least minor surprises with the way these guys are ranked um, or listed so on the depth chart so far. Um, I would have expected to see Bong a little bit higher on the depth chart mm-hmm. just because one of the reasons that we got for them moving on from uh, Kaiser yeah, White was that they were looking to find more snaps for for Bong and for Kenneth Murray Jr. and some and Nick Neiman. Mm-hmm. So seeing him listed as the fifth guy on the depth chart is a little surprising. Not a huge deal, but just a little surprising. Uh, I would have expected to see Damon Lloyd uh, listed higher on the depth chart as well. Yep. The fact that he's listed behind uh, Tyreek Maddox Williams is a little bit surprising. I would have thought he would have uh, leapfrogged Cole Christensen by this point as Mm -hmm. well, just because he's another guy who seems to be making at least a play a day. Yep. And everybody's been raving about him in terms of his physicality and his speed and his playmaking ability. Would have expected to see him a lot higher. Um, I think, you know, we know Van Noy is going to make the roster. We know Tranquil is going to make the roster. Mm -hmm. I think we can say with pretty relative certainty that Nick Neiman's going to make the roster reader is a guy who will more than likely make the roster. He's mm-hmm. been running with the ones a lot with Van Noy and tranquil and Neiman banged up. Um, Christensen strikes me as strictly a special teams guy. Yep. Uh, Murray once healthy, more than likely going to make the roster. So it'll be interesting to see how many linebackers they carry five, six. Uh, Cause Lloyd seems like a guy who really needs to make the team, but he's going to have to leapfrog a couple of guys to get it done. And yeah. he's probably going to have to show that he can contribute on special teams to get it done. So yeah. he might come just the way things look right now. 
you could be looking at at him having to beat out um Amon Bong mm-hmm. um to yep. make the roster and show that he can produce on special teams. It's going to be tough to make the the back of that line that linebacker depth chart even with as um disappointed as some of us are with the quality of the players on that list. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to beat some of them out. Yeah. Yeah, cuz Vanoy, Tranquil, Reader, Neiman, Murray, uh when he's healthy and bong is six linebackers. So, you know, we're just going to have to, we have to see Damon Lloyd. Um, I mean, at the very least has got to be a practice squad stash at this point. He, he really is making a ton of plays throughout this camp and he's shown a lot of promise throughout, uh, throughout training camp and looked great during that scrimmage. So, um, I'm very surprised that they had Maddox Williams and Christensen ahead of them. Christensen, you know, has played, with the Chargers, been with the organization for a while, has played special teams, but just not a guy that's earned that spot there. But I guess you give the vet the nod there. But Damon Lloyd, man, he'll be climbing up that chart for sure. And seeing Amon kind of back there, I thought he'd be right behind Tranquil, kind of the Vanoy, Tranquil, Reader, Amon, and then Neiman behind him. But, you know, that's just kind of a technicality here on that list. But uh, a guy who will end up making this roster, a guy they've got a lot planned for in Bong. So, that's going to be, it's a crowded group, even though uh, we wish there were more talent of this group. It's definitely crowded in terms of how many they're going to carry when it's all said and done. Uh, before we move on, uh, we first off, LaRon talking about Kaiser White. It's mind boggling. Then seeing Kenneth Murray at the bottom of the depth chart. He is only at the bottom of the depth chart because he's injured. It's just like everybody else in those brackets. So that's just uh, the way they're listing it. That's not because of performance. He hasn't even hit the field yet. And we are all sad about Kaiser White, but we're all just trying to move on, right, Jamie? Yes, we're doing trying. the best we can to move <laughs> on and put the pain behind us. Um, yeah. yeah, many uh, Mer- late nights where we stayed up uh, thinking of Kaiser White. Uh, lots of tears, uh, lots of deep conversations with Jamie and I late at night, uh, <laughs> talking <laughs> on our on our phones, um, not our cell phones, but our phones in the wall. Uh, where our mom's trying to get on the other line. But yeah, we've uh, we've spent a lot of time thinking about this guy's your white. We're just all trying to move past it. Yeah, keep in mind, Murray's not on the roster right now. He's on the pub mm-hmm. list. Yeah. So he's not on the active roster. So that's why he's listed all the way down at the back of the roster like that. Um, you know, it's fun to take our shots and talk about <laughs> how he's at the bottom where he belongs. But mm-hmm. he'll be, you know, by the time camp breaks, unless something really, really shocking happens, He's going to wind up in either reader's spot or Neiman's spot in the top three or four spots. Mm-hmm. So he's going to make the team. I mean, unless unless he just can't get healthy or somebody just way outperforms him, he's going to make the team. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and before we move on, Nathan Harrison uh, gave us a question. How many defensive line do you think they keep? Um, I say... Johnson, Joseph Day, Fox, Tito. I'm going to say Fajoko. I'm going to say they end up keeping six. Yeah. Because they got to keep either Gazion or Tillery after that. I say six. You, Jamie? I think it's six. Yeah. That, that was for sure five. Um, but they were so thin last year and had so many issues keeping guys healthy and, and, and rotating guys. And we know this, the system likes to rotate defensive linemen to keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. They're, I, I think they're going to carry six. Mm-hmm. I think if there's one spot where they stretch the numbers from where they were last year, it'll be six uh, on the defensive line. It almost has to be. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then the question becomes, is it Gazayano? Is it Fajoko? Is it Tillery? Who's on the chopping block between those guys at the bottom? All right. So now we're on to DBs. And this is very interesting here. Uh, corners, they've got J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. No surprises there. Michael Davis, Bryce Callahan behind them. Then it is Tavon Campbell, Kamon Hall, Brandon Sebastian, Dean Leonard, and Jasir Taylor as a corner here. So Right, or is he in the safety? No, uh, he's in the corner. Got, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the last corner listed. Got it, got it. Yep. So surprising to see Dean Leonard listed as a safety, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. 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 That's the biggest um, surprise. Yeah. Not a whole lot of surprises here. Um, kind of figure going in that the top four guys would be Jackson Davis, Samuel and Callahan. Mm -hmm. Um, so not terribly surprised there. I think, you know, seeing Kimon hall listed ahead of a guy like, Jasir Taylor or Dean Leonard, who were both recently drafted, mm -hmm. is a little surprising. But it seems like Hall and Campbell are kind of fighting for that that fifth spot. Um, and there's talk that the team might keep six corners. So certainly an opportunity for a Campbell and a Hall or a Campbell and a Taylor or some order of those guys to make the roster. Taylor has been earning rave reviews from the coaches. He had another good day today, had a pick six yep. playing with the ones in the slot uh, against Keenan, no less. So that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. They've been really excited with the way he's defending those outbreaking routes from the slot. They feel like he's just really smart and intuitive and adjusting to the defense and, and anticipating throws really yeah. well. Um, so he's a guy who seems like he's working his way up the depth chart. I think we know the top four guys who are going to make the roster. I think that's pretty much a lock. They're not going to, I know a lot of people want them to cut Michael Davis. I don't see that as a possibility. I think they owe him like six or $7 million guaranteed this year, something crazy like that. So I don't think they're going to cut him, and I don't think they're going to find a trade partner for him. So Davis makes the roster for sure. Uh, we know Jackson, Samuel and Callahan are going to make the roster. Then it really comes down to special teams value. I think who is able to help on special teams. They've had Kimon Hall working at Gunner. They've had Jasir mm -hmm. Taylor working at Gunner. Um, and I Campbell, I did Campbell work at Gunner when we were there on Sunday? I don't think he did, did he? No. Mm -mm. I don't believe so. So um, I know Michael Davis did. Yeah. Um, so but Kimon I really Hall think was, the, was one of the uh, starters. Kimon Hall was one of the yeah. starters. Yeah. I think it was Hall and, and um, Palmer were the starters, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I think the guys who can contribute the most on special teams are going to help. Um, Taylor has experience at Gunner in college. I think he's been working with the Gunners at times in practice. Hall is one of the number one Gunners. Taylor also has experience returning kicks and punts. So mm -hmm. some extra depth there. If a guy like um, a, a Trayvon Bradford doesn't make it as a six wide receiver, maybe you carry six corners and you carry Hall and Taylor to help build out that special teams depth. Mm -hmm. uh, which is certainly something that's been lacking. Um, and like I said, surprised here, we heard a lot about Dean Leonard working at corner yep. uh, early in camp, and he's listed as one of the last safeties on the roster on this yeah. depth chart. So a little surprising there. Yeah, very surprising. Yeah, um, agree with mo yeah everything you're saying. I mean, Jackson, Davis, Callahan, and Samuel, you can all wrap up there with those four. Um, having Tavon Campbell there, I think, 
one of these rookies is going to jump him and just see her Taylor or Dean Leonard. Both of them have had really, really good days. I know Dean early on the first week and a half was electric and was playing with the ones at times. Then through the second week, he kind of started to have up and down days throughout camp, but uh, much better days than Brandon Sebastian, which I'm surprised is ahead of Dean Leonard on this list. So Tavon Campbell, I mean, the, the staff loves him as a person. Uh, they, you know, he did all the dirty work last year with a really depleted corner group while he stunk. Uh, you know, he did play special teams. He did uh, pitch in at corner. And so they like what he did last year and like his attitude. And I think, you know, he's getting a little bit of grace here. Um, but uh, I think, you know, Taylor and Leonard have flashed a lot and just hear Taylor really climb it up the step chart uh, very, very soon. Seeing Dean Leonard as a safety, I, I don't understand because I haven't, I haven't seen a snap of him at safety yet. So a little bit surprising with that. And um, it's going to be very interesting what they're going to do with this cornerback group because I think cutting a Leonard and a Taylor this early after just drafting them might be, even though they're drafted late, uh, seems like a pretty quick hook for guys like that. Um, if if they can, if one of those guys can jump Kamon Hall, who uh, when when I saw this, uh, I, I understand why uh, Kimon or Kamon whatever Hall was up here just because he was the starting gunner and he was so important on special teams. He would kind of get that kind of pushed up the step chart. So that part I understood. Um, Tavon Campbell, I, I get because he's a veteran. But, you know, sooner rather than later, I, I think Leonard and Taylor are going to be jumping Tavon Campbell and maybe even moving past uh, Kimon or Hall here pretty soon. Yeah, I think um, with a clear focus on beefing up special teams, I think Hall has a pretty good shot at making the roster as maybe the fifth or sixth corner, just because he led the team in special team snaps last year. Mm -hmm. Granted special teams wasn't always good last year. So you could make the argument that who cares if he was a special teams player because the special team sucked. Um, but he's a guy who had to really learn on the fly, uh, as a rookie and played, I think a lot more than anybody anticipated him playing just because they had so many problems on special teams in the secondary. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of guy that you might want to reward and keep around as long as he isn't sticking it up in camp. And like you said, he's, he's been one of the number one gunners. So it seems like he's headed towards making the roster again. And you kind of reward a guy who, you know, did so much last year when he really wasn't ready to be on the field. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of want to you kind of want to reward a guy like that and give him an opportunity to make the roster and see what he can do in year two. Um, so I'd be a little surprised if he got cut. I mean, it, it's certainly possible just based mm -hmm. on the way the depth chart looks. Um, but I I'm not sure that both Leonard and, and Taylor will make make the roster. We'll see. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think you could probably sneak one, possibly even both those guys onto the practice squad. I don't think people are going to be banging down the Chargers doors to to take them. Maybe maybe Taylor with the way he's played in camp, but we'll see what they look like in in the preseason. Um I think those good chance those two guys are fighting for one spot. Yeah, uh, I I think you're right. I think if uh I think Hall has probably the edge right now heading uh into the first preseason game if one of these guys in Leonard or Taylor can overtake them then then both can probably make it. But I think one of those two between Taylor and Leonard will probably take over for Devon Campbell as that sixth corner here after Jackson, Samuel Davis, Callahan hall, and then maybe one of Taylor or Sebastian after that. And uh, a good question bringing uh, this up for Leonard. They had talked about Dean Leonard playing some star and money. 
in camp. So maybe part of the reason why they're listing him as a safety corner combo. Could be. Yeah. He, I yeah. think, I think he and Taylor are both listed as DBs on yeah. the, on, on the roster, on the website, as opposed to corners. Yeah. Where you have Jackson and Davis and Callahan and Samuel listed as corners. Some of those guys at the back of the depth chart are listed as DBs. So they're seeing them as being a little bit more flexible. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Mark Webb. So, um, <clears throat> that could be a good reason for having him listed at safety right now is that they, they see him as maybe more of a star position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes, makes some sense there. All right. Lastly, here is the safeties. Nasir Adderley, Derwin James. Uh, hopefully he signs very, 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 very soon. Uh, <laughs> then behind them is Mark Webb, Aloha Gilman, JT Woods, Ben DeLuca, then Dean Leonard, like we just talked about, Raheem Lane, and Skylar Thomas at the end of this safety depth chart. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the interesting things is going to be to see how many corners the Chargers carry and how many safeties they carry, because mm -hmm. there's been some talk that they could carry five at each position, or they could go with six corners and four safeties. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out, because that'll obviously have a big effect on who makes the team and, and how those, those positions play out. But, mm. um, Adderley looked really good, uh, particularly against the run in the scrimmage. We obviously haven't seen Durham practice yet, but we know who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, Gilman, I didn't see much from Gilman, uh, at the scrimmage, but lots of reports that he's doing really well, reading yep. his keys, diagnosing the run and making plays in the short passing game. Yep. Um, Webb is a guy that they've had playing all over the field when he's been on the field, he's been out for about a week now, but he's, mm -hmm. um, I think he's learning both the star and the money positions. So he's he playing is. inside, he's playing outside, he's playing in the box and deep at times. Um, and woods is a guy who I think had some growing pains, uh, last week in camp. And it seems like he's turning a corner and starting to read his keys a little better and make some plays. There were some good reports out of him from camp uh, today in particular that he he made a couple plays coming downhill in the short passing game and in the running game. And I believe we saw him make a run stop on Sunday, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, yep. in the red zone, no less, I think. Yep. So um, it seems like the Chargers have some good people to choose from at safety. I, I don't see Ben DeLuca making the roster no matter where he is on the depth chart. Mm -mm. Um, and maybe an outside shot for a Dean Leonard or a Raheem Lane, depending on how things go. Mm. But I'd be surprised if the team carries more than five safeties. And right now, it's really hard to see some of these guys from the back of the roster, a Leonard, a Lane, or a Thomas, elevating themselves to the point that they're overtaking Adderley, James, Webb, Gilman, or Woods. Uh, it just seems really unlikely. I guess always the possibility with Gilman, um, but the good reports that have been coming out on him this week suggest that maybe he's he's headed towards locking down a roster spot. So uh, maybe one or two of those guys make the practice squad. Just hard to see them making the 53 at this point. Yeah, yeah. So Nas Derwin locked in as your starters. Mark Webb, if he could ever get healthy uh, consistently, uh, they've got a role for him all over the place. Uh, he has played some stunny, uh, money, star, uh, some DB, some safety, and it looked really good for the first day. I, I'm almost positive he's the one who forced the fumble on uh, Roundtree or recovered it or both. And uh, Lohai Gilman uh, has stepped up in the absence of Derwin James. So he looks pretty clean. And uh, JT Woods, while uh, early on not really giving up a lot of uh, 
big time passes. He was uh, looking pretty good for the first couple days in that every deep ball went incomplete. So he's at least in the area. But then shortly after that, he was giving up some big passes. And then now it seems like he's turned it around a little bit. And obviously he's a third round pick, so he's making it. Uh, ben DeLuca, all but quiet. Uh, Dean Leonard, if they are looking to kind of expand his role, uh, could be a guy you keep as a, a corner safety hybrid there with a guy like Mark Webb too. And Raheem Lane, while a lot of people have mentioned his name, I don't, I haven't seen anything from him uh, through any day that I've been there. So uh, maybe a guy on the practice squad, but I just, I don't see him making the team. I, I have a hard time thinking they carry more than five safeties in my mind. So, um, you know, unless they keep a Dean Leonard as that kind of safety corner hybrid type thing. Yeah, maybe, I don't think but, they can carry more than five safeties because that would mean they're only carrying four corners more than likely. Yeah. Unless they short themselves somewhere else to carry um, to carry five or six at, at corner and safety, which mm -hmm. seems unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so maybe Lane's a, a guy for a practice squad spot. Haven't heard much from Skyler Thomas DeLuca there, and I haven't seen Leonard play safety. So unless he's, uh, lined up as kind of a money there, um, maybe, but, uh, let's go ahead and answer some of these questions here. Uh, we answer questions about JT Woods. So we got that. Um, crazy conspiracy here from the odd squad. Do y'all think that Derwin hasn't signed yet because he's hurt, but the team doesn't want to show it? The answer is no. Because we know that the reason uh, it is taking so long, and if you're a part of the Patreon and the Discord, we, we already talked about it in length, but the numbers between the Chargers and Derwin are all but locked up. Uh, they are pretty much agreed on the numbers. The only thing that's a snag at this point, which happened uh, later a couple days ago, was the language on the injury. Uh, obviously Derwin's uh, camp doesn't want all this language about uh, he has to play a certain amount of games and all that. And of course the Chargers want to protect themselves. So right now that's the snag. And uh, let's, well, I guess we'll see if uh, they, one of these parties start to give here, but that's kind of where the, uh, the delay has happened because it was all but pretty much wrapped up and then they got into the language. And then now here's the kind of quick little snag and held out for a little bit longer now. Yeah. And I know people are getting antsy wanting that deal to get done. I think we obviously all want it to get done. Mm -hmm. I, I think it will get done. Um, pretty confident it'll get done. And there's really no, there's not a lot of urgency at this point. Um, the chargers typically cut off negotiations right around labor day. So we have two to three weeks left before we really have to start getting worried about a deal not getting done. Um, and I would expect that it'll get done probably well in advance of Labor Day because they understand how important Derwin is and they will get it figured out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It would be, if they if they agreed on a number, I am hard-pressed to think that they're going to let something like a little bit of the language uh, keep them from keeping their star safety from hitting the field on week one. So I, I just don't see that happening. But that's kind of what's happening right now. Uh, the uh, Both teams are kind of at a standstill right now in terms of the uh, injury language in the contract. So no, it has nothing to do with the injury. Um, any possibilities they carry six corners and five safeties. Let me drop. I mean, this I guess so it's good. I, I doubt it, but knowing that they like to have, you know, anywhere from five to six defensive backs on the field at one time with the system they run, uh -huh. 
anything is possible. It just seems like carrying more than 10 secondary players makes things really tough at other positions. Because I don't think you want to short yourself on the defensive line mm-hmm. or in other areas just to carry an extra an extra defensive back or two. I mean, if you're only keeping uh, two quarterbacks, I think you could. Uh, that's one spot maybe you could make it up <laughs> instead of three. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing. If they three, keep three quarterbacks, think about, you know, they're going to have to short somewhere, whether it's corner, safety, D-line, one of these wide receivers, uh, edge, where some guys are popping. There's going to be uh, – and even linebacker is a pretty uh, d- deep group there in terms of names. So, man, if they keep three quarterbacks, they got to skim somewhere. Yeah, I mean, three quarterbacks, potentially four running backs, potentially four tight ends. Uh, things start getting thin really fast. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have yep. to be smart with those roster spots. And I think we can count on them more than likely carrying three quarterbacks as much as we don't want them to. Yeah. Uh, which means they're going to have to be, you know, extra selective, uh, really smart and intent intentional about who they keep at running back and tight end. So they don't short themselves at two other positions. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll take, let's do one more from just tails. Who's always in here. Thanks for coming back. Is the Joe Reed experiment over? Sorry, Craig, given his depth chart here, given the depth chart here, seems like he's a practice squad guy at best. I would agree here, Jamie. Yeah, I think he's done after the, after camp. I, mm-hmm. I doubt he even makes a practice squad. It just seems like it's the coaching staff has found guys that they prefer over him. They didn't draft him. They have yet to find a role for him. And watching him in camp, uh, he made a couple nice catches during the 11-on-11s, uh, during the scrimmage, but he looks slow during drills. His footwork is slow. Uh, he's a long strider. He just He looks like he's running in quicksand sometimes. Um, almost like he's thinking his way through every single route through every single rep and, you know, entering your three, that isn't terribly encouraging. So mm-hmm. definitely practice squad at best, but I think he's probably going to be hard pressed to even make the practice squad. Yeah. It's kind of run its course here. He was almost cut last year. They kept him around and there are some guys here in a Bradford and Bandy who seem to be making a little bit more of an impact in practice than a guy like Reed that they might be uh, more inclined to keep on the practice squad. And and Jamie is absolutely right. Uh, we talked about it when we were, I think we talked about it on the podcast and when we were in person, Joe Reed is by far the slowest wide receiver in every drill that they ran and every, every practice that I've seen. He's absolutely the slowest, which is very disappointing because he's not a slow dude but just the footwork is just not as clean as everybody else on the field. And it's pretty apparent when you watch it at practice and you see it in person. So I would say the Joe Reed experiment is over. Uh, condolences, Craig uh, rip. I apologize that we had to break that news to you, but it's all but done. So, all right, guys, thanks for coming on on this impromptu quick little rundown of the chargers unofficially official unofficial depth chart. And uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, jumping on, And we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.